and that is not free speech. For Free Speech Radio News in Boulder, Colorado, this is Maeve Conran. This is Free Speech Radio News, I'm Deepa Fernandez. Is the presidential election really over? Many people in Ohio don't think so, and they came from all over their state to present testimony this past weekend about how they believe the election was irregular and perhaps stolen. Tune in to KPFA this Wednesday, November 17th from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. and hear Ohio citizens describe their experiences on Election Day. And we'll have an update on the ongoing count of provisional ballots and recounted ballots in Ohio. That's Wednesday, November 17th, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., a special on the Ohio election and beyond with me, Larry Bensky, here on KPFA. You are listening to 94.1 KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno. Stay tuned for Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who in light, light them up, boys, there's your picture, drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is Tuesday, November 16th. 2004. Today, today I light candles for Iris Chang, another woman who has despaired, who uh, gave way to the last temptation. Yes, the last temptation is the temptation to despair. She shot herself. Um, she died in November the 10th, 2004. Uh, I remember reading her book, The Rape of Nanking, and wondering um, how she could spend that much time in hell. It's more and more difficult for some of us. Um, we must get a grip, yes. <laughs> that, let me begin today by reading you a poem by Jack Gilbert, because you can find this in the 15 November issue of The New Yorker. And... It says some of it. It's called A Brief for the Defense. Sorrow everywhere. Slaughter everywhere. If babies are not starving someplace, they are starving somewhere else with flies in their nostrils. But we enjoy our lives because that's what God wants. Otherwise, the mornings before summer dawn would not be made so fine. The Bengal tiger would not be fashioned so miraculously well. The poor women at the fountain are laughing together between the suffering they have known 
and the awfulness in their future, smiling and laughing, while somebody in the village is very sick. There is laughter every day in the terrible streets of Calcutta, and the women laugh in the cages of Bombay. If we deny our happiness, resist our satisfaction, we lessen the importance of their deprivation. We must risk delight. We can do without pleasure, but not delight, not enjoyment. We must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of this world. To make injustice the only measure of our attention is to praise the devil. If the locomotive of the Lord runs us down, we should give thanks that the end had magnitude. We must admit there will be music, despite everything. We stand at the prow again of a small ship, anchored late at night in the tiny port. Looking over to the sleeping island, the waterfront is three shuttered cafes and one naked light burning. To hear the faint sound of oars in the silence, as a rowboat comes slowly out and then goes back, is truly worth all the years of sorrow. That are to come. That poem is by Jack Gilbert. It's in the fifteenth November issue of the New Yorker. I think that's the one on the stands. Um, yep, the November fifteenth. It's called "A Brief for the Defense." Um, <laughs> I was listening to Larry Bensky's show on Sunday, Sunday Salon. And a couple of women called in and asked that we put some more sunshine on the air. More sunshine, they asked for. <laughs> yes, I'll talk more about sunshine in a minute. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Uh, Larry introduced our new general manager, Roy Campanella, Jr. Uh, Roy comes to us, recommended by no less an advocate than Jesse Jackson, Sr., obviously, He's going to have to get to know us all and know the community before he can make the big decisions about program director and public affairs director and all the other choices uh, that might bring some wisdom to our airwaves, more wisdom. That's what we need. What is it T.S. Eliot always said? Yes. There is more to understand. Hold on. Hold on to that as the path, the way to freedom. I hope that our listeners, the KPFA listeners, and our staff, I hope we all give him plenty of breathing room, plenty of space. It is a formidable task to take over this institution, and we wish him all the very best. Uh, radio, as most of us know, is a very intense and... Uh, I think probably one of the most important voices in the world today, more important than TV. Now, TV is powerful. We know that it's uh, changed the world, but it's very low on content, folks, you know. We've got content-free TV 24-7. Uh, 
Radio, radio, that's where we hear ourselves think. Language, words. Language lets us see without the pictures, understand, you know. What is that French proverb? To understand all is to forgive all. Uh, words are about thought, about ideas. Uh, images, too, can lead us to thought, yes. Uh, but they, they go first to the old part of the brain, the old brain stem, you know, to the emotions, uh, to the feelings. By the time they reach the cerebral cortex, it may not matter at all, you know. It may not uh, have any effect on our thinking. George W. Bush says that he operates from his gut. Uh, but, of course, that gut is attached to his brain, his feelings, so-called, his intuition, yes. Uh, this is what uh, conditions or informs his brain. Many of the experts tell us that our feelings and emotions do eventually determine what we think. Check out Freud and some other folks like that, you know. We get our so-called ideology, our world view, from uh, our uh, experience, our education, you know. Whether we turn out to be authoritarians, not just Democrats or Republicans, but, you know, basically authoritarians, people who believe in punishment, or whether we turn out to be... Uh, what is it? People who believe in the partnership model, people who believe in consensus and democracy, both at home and around the world. Um, that depends on our experience. Uh, both our thoughts and our feelings blend. They're a kind of soup. Modern man understands this, I think. Uh, <laughs> John Kerry apparently felt a connection. Well, he feels a connection with his God, his uh, Christian or Catholic uh, teachings, but his thinking, his process, um, his education, cautions him, tells him that uh, the job description for a chief executive of the United States is not as a member of the clergy. You know, you have different qualifications to be a uh, clergyman. Uh, John Kerry does not speak for his God. Uh, you know, those Massachusetts liberals, they're always thinking, and then, my God, they have second thoughts. They think again. George W. Bush, on the other hand, feels or believes that his God, the warrior God, is in his corner all the way. It's that simple. Uh, God is his justification. It's a pathology that goes way, 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 way back. You remember that feudal mindset, uh, Lord of the Castle. Uh, for such minds, the truth is only one's own story, one's own family or clan. Uh, such uh, thinkers choose their subordinates for loyalty alone, you know, for uh, the belief that they're part of your group. It's that us and them mentality. You're for us or against us. It is, of course, very retro, very reactionary. Uh, we think of Condi Rice today. Uh, I guess we could call her the mental mistress of the 
president, who knows, but the historical, uh, the historical, uh, ramifications of that, uh, partnership, uh, are not, not really, uh, we cannot go into those. It's too grim, uh, to be so unworldly and ignorant and to lack curiosity. The president obviously has a deep antagonism and resentment for the so-called liberal elites and intellectuals, uh, people that he... Uh, yes, once upon a time, the right wing called them nattering nabobs of negativity, remember? We nattering nabobs of negativity, um, effete intellectuals, um, so-called. Today, the political extremists are caught between what I like to call, a friend of mine calls, fact-free fascism. That's on the right. On the far left, we have something called know-nothing nihilism. Fortunately, we are also surrounded by wise and thoughtful citizens everywhere we look. Why can't we get them into office? Uh, the two women callers who phoned Larry's show on Sunday, the ones who asked for more sunshine, got me thinking. And I thought, yes, I've got to find some more good news. I called up my most cheerful son, my elder son, and I asked him for some some bits of sunshine. And he said, well, he said, Dallas County, Texas, he says, that's where he lives right now, Dallas County, Texas, has elected a Hispanic lesbian as sheriff. Uh, that's a Texas sheriff, folks. And I thought, well, that's plenty of sunshine. I didn't even take time to ask him if she was a Democrat or a Republican. So there you go. You can't beat that. Let's hear it for uh, the bright side. Let's hear it for New Age belief systems, for earth art, for eco-feminism. I like to call people eco-warriors instead of ego-warriors. That's E-C-O-warriors instead of ego-warriors. That's the sort of people who are, God forgive them, blowing the brains out of people in Iraq. Uh, we, of course, are the people of the parenthesis. We're caught in the hinge of history. Remember every day that half of us voted for regime change. Half our nation has got it. Yes, I think they've got it. Buddy, can you paradigm? Yes, a new form. A new way of doing and thinking. Don't debate. Create. Let us make some new mythology. Yes, don't pathologize. Mythologize. In the light of the labors lost, we must remember that... No American president has ever done well in his second term, with the possible exception of George Washington. I'm afraid we are going to have the sad satisfaction of watching the ship of state hit the rocks. Sail on, O ship of state, yes, right into the storm. All these war crimes, these corporate crimes, and these political disasters, these errors... We'll hatch out. What was it Thomas Jefferson said? Yes, he said, I uh, I shudder or I weep for my country when I remember that God is just. A little poetic justice is bound to catch up. Yes, the evangelical right, of course. Oh, I suppose uh, 
has some satisfaction in the election. I I didn't quite understand uh, all that stuff about sex, about their being uptight, and I've tried to think it through. Um, I don't know why they are so against pleasure. It's that old Puritan streak. It comes out in America so often. Uh, you know, the folks that uh, uh, prefer thou shalt not writ over every door. I think that the hypocritical position about sexual mores, I think that that will diminish in time. The homophobia, at least, is bound to change uh, because, uh, partly because it's a generation gap. The younger people, I don't think, will go along with the fears of their parents, uh, at least not, uh, not forever. More difficult is a never-ending, seemingly never-ending war on women. It goes from a state of siege in one country to a reign of terror in another. Uh, this rejection of all things feminine, you know, both literal and figuratively, in a death culture, uh, we measure manhood by the degree of violence. Uh, I don't know when that came to be the measure of man, but surely uh, it's not the measure of strength. You know, we have these peacemakers out there pursuing peace. Yes, they are the girly men. We can't have that. We can't have that. Uh, or we have this uh, assault on women's rights, women's reproductive rights, their civil rights, their life choices. Um, male supremacy is... On the march, that goes with the program, wherever we look. I keep saying, don't burn your burkas. I myself have a bunker mentality when it comes to uh, women. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. What was it we used to say back in the old days? Yes, women of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your pain. Actually, this sex thing fascinates me. Wilhelm Reich told us back in, uh, oh golly, the 1940s, in his mind-blowing book, The Mass Psychology of Fascism, he wrote, The basic religious idea of all patriarchal religions is the negation of sexual need. Now, I don't know how you read that, but it seems to me perfectly simple. Uh, you know, it's down with the pleasure principle and up with the uh, uh, violence. We used to call that uh, down Venus, up Mars, right? In these sad times, we look around everywhere and see the death of the heart. Our rulers using military solutions for political and economic problems. They're fighting old wars, you know, settling old scores. There's even a feeling, it's sort of a World War II uh, echo in my head. Uh, we're creating deep, deep wounds, wounds that will haunt uh, all the generations coming all around the globe. Yes, what is that awful line from the Bible? Bible, yes, the harvest of which will be not yet. We have sown the seeds and... Uh, the harvest is coming. Did you hear Hillary Clinton, Senator Hillary Clinton, calling for the care of the returning veterans, our veterans, demanding that uh, these terribly wounded people be given medical care, given support for the rest of their lives? And uh, 
There are thousands, thousands of them now. The current administration, uh, along with the consent of the Congress, plans to close any number of VA hospitals. Thus, even our own citizens are to become collateral damage. War crimes throughout history have driven, driven us mad. Iris Chang, yes, so many of us. Poor Iris. The rape of Nanking, one of the most hideous events in our history, man's inhumanity to man. <laughs> As my mother used to say, man's inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn, and the women, and the women, that's another, another story. Women's lives are lives of mourning. At least those who are aware. Let me, uh, yeah, let me read you a little piece. <laughs> I found this in Tom Stoppard's play, Jumpers. I just love this. He writes, not entirely ironically, he writes, Do not despair. Many are happy much of the time. More eat than starve. More are healthy than sick. More curable than dying. Not so many dying as dead. And one of the thieves was saved. Hell's bells and all's well. Half the world is at peace with itself. Vast areas are unpolluted. Millions of children grow up without suffering deprivation. And millions, while deprived, grow up without suffering cruelties. And millions, while deprived and cruelly treated, nonetheless grow up. No laughter is sad, and many tears are joyful. Yes, that's the Zen philosophy, joyous participation in the sorrows of this world. <laughs> what was it? Yes, Samuel Beckett used to say, Ah, see what kind attention they all get. All these dying of their wounds. I suppose it is the darkness that reveals the light to us. Yes, that's what that first poem I read, Jack Gilbert's poem, speaks of. Without the dark birds of history, we wouldn't know when the dawn comes. I don't think that philosophy works if you are a woman whose child is being killed before your eyes. But let's hear it for sunshine, yes. My suggestion is to leave off grieving and get back to work. Be the dream, live the hope. I was playing John Lennon's song Imagine last night. That helps me. Basically, I used John Lennon and, uh, oh, Bob Dylan songs, but sung by Joan Baez. That helps me the most. I want to make that song a reality. Try it in your own life. If you seek redress, or if you seek justice <laughs> in this lifetime, then send not to know for whom the bell tolls. Find out who tolls it. Learn where the power lies and seize power. Resistance, uh, protest, that's all very romantic, folks. But it's wiser to seize power 
Politics is the art of the possible. Run for office, yes. Ask yourself, what can be done? And then ask yourself, who? Who will do it? Who will do it if not you? <laughs> This coming December, uh, we're having a crafts fair. And we're going to be over there at the concourse at 8th and Brannan in San Francisco. I won't tell you a little bit about it. I will be there both days, 8th and Brannan. It's Saturday and Sunday, December the 11th and 12th. And you can buy all your Christmas presents there. And you can buy even my books if you are in the mood. I think I have four titles here. And there are 225 juried crafts makers. In a warm ambiance with fine natural foods, exceptional world music, and a beautiful diversity of spirit bringers, God knows we need to lift our spirits. That's the KPFA Crafts Fair for the holidays. I don't know. These holidays are going to be rough. I plan to uh, take a drink. I haven't done that for some years. I think it might be time. Again, to have a little, a little imbibe, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm going to, yes, I'm going to be having a birthday just about that time. I tell you, to be 70-something is fascinating. Uh, let me read you just a little excerpt from one of my books. Let's see, which is the one? I'm looking for something that is just, you know, loaded with sunshine. Sunshine is what we need, folks. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this is uh, an excerpt from Telegraph Avenue then, and the date is 1977, autumn. In the coffee house we talk quietly. Around the table we talk to ourselves early in the morning in this smoke-filled room. We make remarks to give each other the impression we exist. Only two sorts of people left in our world now. The ignorant and the terrified. Crossing the street to the bookstore, I see a young male sitting on the curb. His head is in his hands. His T-shirt reads, Reading rots the mind. He picks a flower from the gutter. He gives it to the girl crouched behind him. She smiles, touches his face with her fingers, laughing suddenly. She holds his head still with one hand, and then, carefully, she picks a fighting crab louse, from his eyebrow. She puts it down on the sidewalk with deep reverence. I give them spare change, telling myself they confirm my existence. I wish I had time to read you another excerpt. The Autumn Autopsy is my favorite. Perhaps I can read that next time. Let me just read you the, the epigraph that opens this book, Telegraph Avenue, then. It's from Oscar Wilde's poem, The Harlot's House. We watched the ghostly dancers spin, 
to sound of horn and violin like black leaves wheeling in the wind. Let's see if I have one more minute. Yes, let me read you Literary Criticism, my final word on... uh, Yes, I used to send this to editors when they were giving me a difficult time. It's called Literary Criticism. (laughs) If it's more work to read it than it was to write it, burn it. (laughs) This has been Jennifer Stone, and I will be back on the air Thursday morning at 8.20. Until then... Go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Happy ending, nice and tidy. Come join KPFA Sunday, November the 14th, from 6 to 9 p.m. Special listeners. Hey, everybody. Don't you feel just plain down deep damn glad you live in Northern California? You know, even in all the funky chaos of these times, most of us know we need to keep feeling really good about that and about the precious life moving in us and moving around us. We'll celebrate this together at KPFA's Crafts and Music Fair. Think of it as a fiesta for peace and justice and art and feeling again how lucky we are.